1: Well, hello everyone and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, you know who I am. I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe and Manifest talk show. And today I am broadcasting from uh, Simply Magnificent, Atlanta, Georgia. And I am so grateful that you made a decision uh, to join me today from all over the world. Well, it is a beautiful, uh, almost... Feels like summer day here in the ATL and uh, I have a great show for you today so we're just going to get right to it. My very special guest today is Dr. Gary Saylor and uh, he's the author of Safe to Love Again and how you can begin to create the love that you deserve. Boy, it has taken me months to get him on my show, but I know he's going to be worth the wait. He talks a lot about rewiring your brain so that you can allow a safe, secure, and long-lasting love to manifest in your life. So this is for singles and couples. So if you are married or in a committed relationship, hey, this is for you. I got a big grand announcement. Y'all ready? Da-da. I made a decision that I want to connect more in person with my listeners. So I'm having a meet and greet uh, in Atlanta, Georgia on Saturday, June the 29th from 9 to 11 a.m. just at a coffee house. And so I'm going to be celebrating and connecting with you, celebrating that I've been a host for 10 years on the network by the grace of God, but wanting to connect with you, want to hear your stories. And guess who's going to be there? James Powers. Yes. And all of you guys love James Powers. He's going to be there. And so if you live in the Atlanta area or you live one to two hours away and you want to drive in, it's just a simple coffee house. We're just going to have coffee, croissant, um, you know, pastries, fruit, whatever you want to have. I have a private room and it's going to be very, very intimate. I would love to connect with you and meet with you in person. The parking is free and the name of the place that we're going to be having it is Grant Park Coffee House, 753 Cherokee Avenue, uh, Atlanta, 30315. And of course, this is on my website. Also, uh, I want to remind you about social media. Uh, you guys go to my YouTube channel. Stop this. Stop right now <laughs> and go to YouTube and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Instagram and Twitter is L O A Constants. Facebook is coach with Constance and this week I'm going to be doing a Facebook live so you got to check that out. Of course you can remember to visit my website fulfillingyourpurpose.com and to check out all of my products and while you're on the website I know that this show is a real blessing to you. How do I know that because of all the emails that I receive from you and so Uh, If if you are truly being blessed and your soul is being nurtured, uh, you can just click the red donate button or many of you are choosing to use cash app. And so my cash app name is dollar sign Constance Arnold. And lastly, um, I'm honored to be on the cover of the Law of Attraction magazine for May and June. And I want you guys to go to lawofattractionmagazine.net. You can read it free digitally, but I want you to subscribe. Jules does a superb job with the magazine. It has some great articles um, in there and you will be motivated, inspired, and it gives you strategies for all areas of your life. So guess what we can't wait to hear what dr gary is going to say so we're just gonna go to these quick commercials and then i'm gonna be right back stay tuned do you have an upcoming event where you need a dynamic speaker constance arnold is a sought-after keynote speaker that will enlighten the entire audience with proven strategies that are aligned with your organization's vision and mission An experienced speaker for major Fortune 500 companies, Constance has entertained audiences with inspiring change. Constance would love to make your next event an extraordinary success. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com.
0: at Constance at Well,
1: Hi, everybody. I'm back and I'm really excited. I know you say Constance, you're always excited. And I am especially today because all of you've heard me say for almost 10 years that the number one question that I get from people from all over the world is Constance. How can I attract more love into my life or how can I bring the fire back in my current relationship? And today Today we have with us Dr. Gary Saylor and he is the author of Safe to Love Again, How to Release the Pain of Past Relationships and Create the Love You Deserve. I've read his book and it's very powerful. So we're just going to get right to it. So Dr. Gary Saylor, welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network.
0: Thank you, Constance. I am so happy to be here. Love, law of attraction, it, it's a good thing. So thank you for having me here. I
1: <laughs> hope I pronounced your last name correctly. Did I?
0: Uh, yes, yeah, Sawyer. Absolutely. Salier. And okay. you can call me Gary. Yeah, you can call me Gary
1: after this. Okay, don't worry, <laughs> I will. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about your book. Uh, what inspired you to write this book?
0: Well, you know, first off, I, I literally had clients and people came to my workshops telling me I had to write a book from what I was doing and all that stuff. I had a clinical psychologist who came just as a person looking for more love walk up and tell me, afterwards, you made me a better therapist this week. Mm-hmm. And, and if you don't write the book, it's a sin against the guild, is what he said. And I thought, and I said, "Well, we don't want to honk off any anybody upstairs, so <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> we don't want to do that." And uh, but it really started, you know, when I was seven. It really did. Uh, I grew up in a dysfunctional family. There were uh, a lot of alcoholics in the family, and I noticed that people didn't love each other. And at seven, you wonder why that is, and. Mm-hmm. Uh, So when I went to college, and I was the first person in seven generations to finish high school, uh, my my prime agenda was I will never be divorced. I'm not going to be divorced like the rest of my family. So I, I had a double major in psychology and religion thinking, hey, I've knocked this thing out. I'm about ready to graduate with two or three months to go. And a psychology professor says, hey, I want to do this personality test with you. A couple of days later, I came in, he gives me all the results, found out, you know, what was going on with me and my personality. And then as I'm leaving, he says, oh, I forgot to tell you, by the way, you have a 90% chance of having a divorce. Mm. And like, like I just dropped some M&Ms on the floor. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know? And uh, it floored me. I mean, uh, it shook me up. And so I went and I delayed graduation for an entire year and went a fifth year of college to get another degree in marriage and family. And I said, "Okay, I've dodged that bullet. So with all that work, imagine what it was like when my first wife said I want a divorce 12 years later. I was floored. I thought I'd done everything. I couldn't believe it. So went back to the drawing board, did more workshops, did more reading, and I did seven plus years of therapy this time. And I get remarried again, thinking, boy, we've you know, that's not gonna happen a second time. And four years later, we're divorcing. Hmm. And I was floored. I was Really floored because I had done my work. I wasn't one of those guys that wouldn't, didn't do the work, didn't, and I had the guris. And I'm going, what is going on here? And then I began to notice as I began to date that I was afraid of love. I was either dating women who were Ms. Wrong or I was Mr. Wrong. And it was in one relationship where I realized I had sabotaged that because I was still afraid, so afraid of being divorced again that some part was pulling me out. And I realized that therapy. And all these degrees, all it had done me a lot of good, but I was managing my pain, and my core style of relating and picking and choosing and maintaining had not changed. And I said, nobody should work this hard to have a lasting love and to have these results. If they can't crack the code, then I will. And I dedicated the rest of my life to doing the research that would actually change one's way of relating and picking what's called an attachment style. And uh, that's what the book is about. After 10, 11 years of that and working with clients, this is how you find your way back to lasting love.
1: Oh, wow. That's powerful. I got about 40 questions just behind that comment. (laughs) And so how would a person begin to release the pain and like you, Find out why they have been making the choices that they have been in past relationships. Where would someone begin? What would be the beginning point?
0: Okay, let's let's start at someplace really practical for okay. the listeners. So you're out, so if you're out there, I want you to notice the relationship with you're in, or if you're single, uh, maybe the last three or four relationships you've been in, and notice any common patterns. The things that keep cropping up like like Groundhog Day. In particular, <laughs> on a scale of 1 to 10, if you're in a relationship or you've been in one before that ended painfully or has some things that aren't working for you now, how welcomed with joy do you feel? Hmm. Scale of 1 to 10. Scale of 1 to 10. How worthy and nourished to reach out for your needs do you feel? Scale of 1 to 10, how cherished and protected. That means you get to be a me in and a supportive, empowering we. And scale of 1 to 10, how empowered, with choice do you feel? Now, the pain of any relationship is when we felt the opposite.
1: Yeah.
0: unwelcomed, unworthy, uncherished, or disempowered. And whatever that feeling is or feelings that keep repeating that are missing, I guarantee you at one point in time, probably early in life or maybe in an early relationship, these are usually set zero to three, zero to seven. Somewhere along the line, you were given a feeling of unworthy or unwelcome or uncherished or disempowered, and your brain has been using that as a reference feeling for what love is ever since. And that's what I argue in the book, that what gives us a secure attachment style. And that's a a style, a brain that's wired to love and be loved in a lasting way. That's what that is. All people who have what's called a secure attachment means they're wired for lasting love versus anxious or avoidant. Those are the other two styles of love. Um, They were all given four feelings to use as a reference to navigate, choose, and maintain relationships. Those four feelings – that act as your brain's natural GPS, as welcomed with joy, worthy and nourished, cherished and protected, and empowered with choice. So how do we release past pain? We swap out any of those unworthy and unwelcomed and disempowered and uncherished for the real GPS for love, the true GPS, the lasting GPS. And once we get our brain safe with feeling welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered, that's when we release the past pain. And There's more to it than oh, that,
1: but man. in a nutshell, that's, that's, that's it. Great. Wow, I, I love that you said joy, and mm-hmm. uh, and even though you and I'm a therapist, so I, I get it. Even though uh, somebody asked me, said, "Boy, you must be perfect," I'm like, "No, honey, stuff comes up all the time." And, and so, yes. uh, so for for somebody who keeps making that same choice, have the same pattern keeps doing the same thing over and over again. What you shared is very powerful. Yes, and, and it so, is. You, so you mentioned, you mentioned most generations or this generation is without a GPS for love. Exactly. And exactly. so if they don't have a GPS, they can't find it.
0: They can't. What they will do... Uh, is um, they will, if they, well, they have a GPS. Okay. That's the key, well, but it do. wasn't, they it's do. not the lasting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, you know, the what, what I argue in the book is, you know, we know from the time a child is one years old that um, uh, they have an attachment style. That's attachment theory. We know that's a style of relating that will track for the rest of their life. Now, other things can change it later. I'm not saying it's all, you know, I've seen people that had something tragically happened at 15 or 20 that changed things, right? Or some for the good, right? But essentially, most of our brains are wired to love between zero and three. And if you were given this feeling of welcome with joy, your brain feels that and uses that. So the, the baby at one is not doing logic. They're not doing story. They're not doing limiting beliefs. There's only one thing they can tell that that baby that knows they're they're loved. The only thing they have is feelings and that and those feelings our GPS and our brain uses them and then we get and we get kind of snickered into by online dating using a, a compatibility list. And we start using our prefrontal cortex and we start thinking, oh, how will I know when I'm, I've got good love? Six uh, six two, six six figures, whatever. You know, oh, they've read dosky they have got they do Pilates, right? Or they hike. Mm-hmm. That doesn't tell you your love. In fact, research tells you it doesn't predict lasting love. It's these feelings your brain were given early on. And if so, it's recovering the secure feelings that tell secure babies they're loved versus the ones that might have said to you early in life, hey, love isn't so safe. Maybe I should avoid it or love isn't so safe. Maybe I should try to lock it down by being anxious all the time. Where were you last night? Why didn't you text me? And it's, but once you can feel all those feelings, you stop being anxious, you stop being avoidant, and you become secure. And you will look for people who give them back because they're your reference. Worthy people who feel worthy don't choose people that make them feel unworthy. Empowered people who have that feeling of empowerment don't choose someone who disempowers them. They only choose them when they don't have the rights to feel worthy. They don't have the rights to feel empowered. So we're upgrading everybody's rights As I talk about in the book, so we can feel the feelings that allow us to choose and create and maintain a lasting relationship. And it's it's simpler than we think. It really is.
1: Well, you know, when I read your book, I'm like joy. And I was just so surprised at that principle, but it's nothing but the truth. And so, <laughs> the, these are powerful principles that listeners, like you said, it's simple, can change from the inside out. And like you said, a a worthy person is not going to choose somebody unworthy. Yes. Uh, Exactly. so it's kind of like the law of attraction. If you walk in the room and you don't really feel great about yourself, then you're going to attract on whatever that vibrational level is.
0: Exactly. Some of this is really what's under the law of attraction. I even have a sentence like that in the book that, you know, we talk about the law of attraction. It really is more simple. The brain just gets these feelings and it says, oh, this is what love is. Or I can only it's really a matter of survival. The brain is keeping track. What did I breathe through early on? And the, the reptile part of your brain is keeping you on the planet. And it, it's not real smart. It's 350 million years old. It can't uh, do better than. It can only associate. And if you breathe through unwelcome to unworthy or abusive or uncherished or whatever it was, it says, oh, that's good. Let's have that again. And And so it subconsciously scans for survivable states like unwelcome. And we wonder why we keep choosing the wrong person. Because that part of the brain also, also does the attraction part. Uh-huh. Survival and mate picking are are definitely tied together. And what we want to do is get that brain to feel a different feeling so that it uses welcome. Like one client I worked with, mm-hmm. uh, early, early on, here we were uh, – uh, we just starting the work, and she comes in like first or second session, says, "I've hit the jackpot, and I go, Oh, tell me about Mr. Jackpot <laughs> and Mr. Jackpot was six two or six three and handsome, and he was a doctor mm. okay, and he like and he liked yoga he he liked yoga, right <laughs> well, uh a few, well, about three, four weeks later, she complains bitterly. Now we've done some work and she, she goes, I don't, I, I don't feel worthy. I don't feel cherished. And she goes in yoga. All he does is one day, All he does is flirt with other women. Oh, so now we're finding out he, she's not feeling cherished and protected. Yoga is not a predictor, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so she <laughs> breaks up. We work on worthy and being cherished. Now, a few months later, she goes back online and we've re-swapped out some of these feelings. And she says, Wow, there's two guys. There's a f there's another Mr. Jackpot, this time an attorney. You know, he's about six one, six two, and and then there's this other guy. Good, decent looking, but not super, you know, handsome, uh, a little overweight, a little balding, and he comes to the first date with a Hawaiian t shirt, not an expensive uh a tailored uh silk suit like uh, the other two did. Mm-hmm. And the, and and then after a few weeks of dating both of them, I'm, I'm working on her paying attention to the four feelings. Uh, after we've given her a right to feel them, she goes, you know, this, the guy on the white shirt wins. Hmm. He makes me feel great. Now okay. that is the way it's supposed to work.
1: Yeah. You know, nice that's a person. powerful. Last week, I just taught on knowing your value and your worth. And so the brain re- responds to our feelings of joy and yes. I am worthy and practice. so. So what are some principles that you can share with single folk who feel like, Oh, Constance and Dr. Gary, I've been online and nothing has happened, and I just haven't met anybody. I'm choosing emotionally unavailable people. What are some principles you can share from your book to them?
0: Okay. Well, if so, okay, so mostly unavailable. So you're talking about how their picker keeps leading them to a groundhog day, picking the same (laughs) sort of person over and over again, right? Absolutely okay what ha- so early on these what i talk about are rights we have templates uh rights are like i have a right to exist and feel cozy in my body and the world is a warm friendly place i and to be connected to people i have a right to have my needs met which means it's okay to reach out and you know they're going to reach back in an attuned congruent way in fact they're making Mental maps of what you love <clears throat> and what you don't love, you know, who your friends are, so they can respond. You have a right to, to separate and belong. That means I get to be a me. I get to be a me, but not the Marlboro mate. You get to have backup. You get to have, be in a we, and the we is huge for anybody who's wanting to create a relationship where there's no we, there's no lasting. Uh, that's my thing with working with couples. I have a right to create my own experience, which means I get to have be the standard of my experience and co-create with somebody else. But you know, and they get to, to cherish me for all of the good and bad. strong and we, I get a right to assert and have a voice, and I and co-create again and, ha- and have shared influence. And I have a right to love and be loved right back, not just to love. When you bring and these feelings, you know. The feeling you get from these six rights are welcomed with joy, worthy and nourished, cherished and protected, empowered with choice. The, they're the flip sides. The right to reach out it comes from the feeling of worthy. The right to speak up and create your own experience is the. It comes from a feeling of empowered. Now, if we have those up and running, you you have rights to feel worthy. You have rights to have a voice, and your system. Will choose someone. Mm. Now, what happens in Groundhog Day is someone <laughs> didn't get a right to maybe have their needs met, so they wonder how these takers keep coming up. Yeah, and because, because if you don't feel worthy, you know, and you don't have a right to feel worthy, you'll choose the taker who won't make you feel worthy. If you don't feel empowered and you don't have a right to feel empowered, brain doesn't have the right, so it chooses disempowered. It's like. Constance, if I gave you a a set of uh, tickets to a cruise line in Norway, really great one, you know, and you didn't have a passport, would you go?
1: No, I couldn't go. I might want to go, but I need Mm -hmm. a passport to go.
0: That's right. You need a passport. You need the rights to be able to go there. And what most people don't understand is they're choosing all all they have the rights. And at one point in time... The little one or someone earlier made the best deal. Let me explain what that's like. Okay. So say, say um, uh, uh, this is one in the example in the uh, book. Uh, I call her Gwen. And Gwen, um, early on in life, had a mother who was kind of a little bit narcissistic and was, oh, it's not about you, honey. It's not about you. Know, no. Every time she'd reach out for something, oh, no, you're being selfish. So she got that. And then mom and dad divorced, and when she was nine, her father was deeply resentful of childcare payments. Mm. And they're out walking one day. He has custody on a weekend. She sees an ice cream shop. Says, "Dad, can we get can we get an ice cream cup? And he pulls out a a wad of hundred dollar bills from his pocket and says, "This is what you cost me every mm. week, every mm. month." From that point on, she felt like she had to pay for wow. love. She did not have a right to have her needs met. Now, how that worked out is she came in in tears. She goes, my picker has it in for me. Even when I'm not looking for men who are married, they, they wind up being, being married. And, I, and what it really came down was, what better way of not getting your needs met than to constantly be finding out that somebody's married? Right.
1: Uh,
0: You know, and I mean, like when I'm on stage, I mean, sometimes you you talk about social media. uh, One of the jokes I tell is like social media. We know there was a British study done on Tinder and they found out that 42 percent of the men on Tinder uh, are actually uh, married. Wow. So it is true. You can find a husband on Tinder, just not your own, just somebody (laughs) else's. That's funny. (laughs) You know, (laughs) it's true. You can find them. And she and her picker knew that 42% well, knew it very well. Um, And she couldn't figure out well, the moment we work on that right to have her needs met, suddenly she stops picking these married Mm -hmm. men. Her Mm -hmm. picker goes to more worthy men. And uh, that's how it rolls. So then the groundhog day stops. That's, so it's 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 going back. Now, at one point in time, now let's get real straight. She, there's nothing wrong with her picker. At one point in time, actually, her brain took the best deal available. Would you want to reach out and, and, and get that sort of rejection? No. no. The brain took her right off the menu because at one deal – it was the best deal available. So what I want to tell everybody who's listening, no matter what you're patterned in, is nothing is wrong. Some part of your brain is working its kazoos off to keep you on the planet. And But when was the pain? When was the best deal? It was you know 30 or 40 years ago. And the trick is to go back and find the exact flavor of safety that your brain was seeking when it took one of these rights off off the menu and and then to give it back that sense of safety with that so it's always taking the best deal available and but it's like a security memo that doesn't have an expiration date and what you want to do is stop making yourself wrong realizing that part is really working hard to keep you on the planet and we just want to work with that part love it up and give it an expiration date, and give it some rights, and give it some safety. That's why I call the book Safe to Love Again. And then it will gladly, your pickle will gladly start choosing better. But you got to do the deep work, swap out those old feelings for better rights, and then your picker chooses differently. That's the magic um, that I've seen with client after client when they're single.
1: I love your work. When I read your book, I'm like, you know, this is so needed. So, so Dr. Gare, what about when people say, I- I'm just searching for my soulmate? How will I know my soulmate when I meet them? And what would you say to single people once again? <coughs> who? Do, you, do you believe that there's any such thing as a soulmate? And how would people know that they're really in love? And I now have my soulmate.
0: Well, I do believe in soulmates, and I know that 88% of people do from uh, Gallup polls. Okay. <clears throat> now, there are some people that don't, you know, and and so what I do is I believe that there are soulmates, and I believe – I don't think there's just one out there. That's a scarcity model, okay, yeah, uh, and I think soulmates are created. Now, and when mm. I work with couples, uh, I think That's they're cool. chosen, they're created, they're maintained, and you can lose a soulmate connection. Uh, now – you know, now when I work with couples, I, I have learned the wisdom of sometimes a couple comes to you. Uh, they may not resonate with soulmate. That's fine, or they're just wanting a good enough marriage. And if that's what they're wanting, they want to get it from bad to good enough. That it's not my job to say what else. But this is what my definition of a soulmate is. You know, a lot of people have a relationship where the bottom line is, did I do good today? Are we okay? Uh, did, or did I screw up today? Don't want to screw up. Want to make sure she's happy. And, and there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of people, that that's something I learned from the Gottman research. The good enough marriage is is, is good. It's solid. There are some people, though, that have a contract. And the soulmate contract is just a little different. The soulmate contract is anything that does not bring out the very best in my beloved is a violation of the contract. Mm -hmm. When people are soulmates, the job isn't, did I do a decent job? It's, did I do an A-plus job and bring out her best side, his best side? Did I support, and a lot of times, you know, they're supporting each other's big dreams, which can be big purpose. And so for some people… There really is this a uh, contract and and I think there's some variations there, but I do know one thing uh all, all every really lasting couple they get each other's souls, <laughs> whether they call it that or not, and that's mm-hmm. what lasting love is about, and some people have a little higher contract and others not, and I don't make either of those wrong um people come I think souls come for different reasons, and whatever those reasons are, I honor in the work. Um so that's what I see uh a created field of love um and it's about really getting each other's souls one way or another
1: that's profound so so you said that you finally got it you dealt with your own stuff so what was it like for you to really love again and and what has that been well, like for you
0: okay So for me, you know, there was the part of me after the second divorce, which Mm -hmm. really flat out mystified me. Right. Because it started falling apart within three months Uh (laughs) and I did not get it. And there were some external things. Both of her parents, uh, right when we were in the first year, get sick and she has to attend to them. And we have two dying parents. My mother uh, came to a tragic end. Uh, and we were hit with a lot of things that you up front that couples shouldn 't have to get while they 're still getting their stuff together, nevertheless, there were some long term things there that wouldn't have worked and I was surprised by all that, and I was scared because now i 'm doubting myself <laughs> i you know the worst part of this is we start feeling like we 're screwed up we 're not worthy for love anymore. Think how this is what uh, divorces are all the ghosting that happens to single stuff. You start yeah. getting the gnawing feeling that I'm unworthy and there is an epidemic of unworthiness out there oh at the moment.
1: Uh, so tr- uh, how I I'm, come I'm, ju- I'm just saying that's such a big issue.
0: It is. I mean, th- think about it. I I you know, how come we've been texting for a month and he, and he doesn't want to see me? Yeah. How come i am been ghosted? What am I, chopped liver? You know, uh, I can still remember speaking in Phoenix and a woman, twenty eight, thirty two, said, you know, all I want to do is find the right man and, and settle down and have a family. This is, you know, many young women's dreams, you know, and it's biologically given. And it's a, and without that dream for a lot of women, we don't have a species in 40 years, mm-hmm. right? So And she goes, but every time I get to the the relationship's good and I'm falling in love and it's two to three months into it, I get this guy that says, you know, baby, uh, there may be someone better for me out there. And this whole fear of missing out thing raises its hoary head. Mm -hmm. And she goes, you know, and then they drop me. She goes, what am I, chopped liver? Mm. We've kind of become the chopped liver. You know, Uh, I've had men tell me they fear the woman going to the bathroom break because, They've had dates that went in and checked their Tinder, and if they had a better opportunity, they would they would leave. <laughs> Imagine being on a date and that happening three or four wow. times. What's wrong with me? Oh, oh, you know, you're a nice man, but a doctor just just texted me, right? Stuff like that, um, and so we've got this epidemic of unworthiness, and uh, and if you're out there, realize. These are people that don't have a right to real love. They really don't. And you have a, but you have an innate, you were born with a right to have your needs met. You were born with a right for love. And the trick is making sure that we don't allow those sort of dating shenanigans to take away our right. That's, that's on them. Uh, you know, uh, I like, uh, you know, uh, it's not always about me. <laughs> you know, it's not right. always, uh, that's the, yeah, so I think that I was part of that. Uh, I experienced that. That's, I pulled it in so I could write the book. And the real key, I think, is when I realized I was worthy. <laughs> and the uh, I was worthy of love. And the other big thing that is, if I want a lasting love and I want this soulmate, I've got to be everything I'm asking for. Mm. One of the things... That sometimes when I'm working with clients is, you know, they're saying they want they want uh, a soulmate and they start says, what's that look like? What's that feel like? And they'll start making a list and they'll make more of a list. And I said, and what else do you need to pull in that soulmate? Oh, I need this. And I said, and what else do you need? Oh, I want this. And what else? And I said, what will you have to be? And you get blank looks. (laughs) I said, you get blank looks. I said, believe it. If you've got that long of a list they're going to want something back.
1: Absolutely.
0: And, it, and, it's, and, and so for me, it was realizing that I have to give these four feelings. Mm. Uh, and if you give them, you have to give them and train your brain to get welcomed and worthy and cherished and empowered. Every time I go out, if I go to Whole Foods or I go to Starbucks I always recognize, I always read the, the person who's serving me or the checker, their name, and I go, thank you. Thank you very much, Constance, for whatever, right? Or whoever it is. Uh, and it's important to realize we, we train our brain to pull in a loving partner by giving these four feelings because people, the right partner, will be attracted to feeling worthy, empowered. So and if someone does Oh yeah, so if you want to feel empowered you you have to give it. <clears throat> uh that's uh, I mean yesterday I was on a podcast and uh uh, uh there some fire, you know, some a fire broke out somewhere near and they lost power and, and we had to re, re you know, we had to come back and finish the last 10 minutes. Now, uh they were apologizing but I wanted to cherish and protect them. I said, "Okay, let's open up a time later on, you know. I, I didn't say, "Oh man, something screwed up." Uh, I gave them this feeling of, "Of course, stuff happens. Let's. <clears throat> how can we? How can I make you guys feel like you're really valued?" <clears throat> okay, right. we'll, we'll figure it out. This well, is how we operate.
1: Well, you know, as you're talking, something came back to my memory that my mentor told me maybe about ten years ago. I was like, "Well, why don't I have anybody in my life?" And he said, "He said, Constance, you appear to be." aloof he said I know that's just a a guard for you kind of bougie and stuck up and like don't even come near me unless you got your stuff together kind of vibration (laughs) all of that you know that's great for your mentor to tell you that right and and oh yeah (laughs) and I realized that that was nothing but the truth for me and it was like my own little Safeguard, you know, or do are they talking to me for who I am, how I look, or do they really want to get to know me? So when I I I, I hear you talk about welcome with joy, that's what I had to, I chose to do, and come exactly. out of that aloof. And all that other nonsense that I was doing. And you're so right. Love just comes to you. I walked in that. I practiced that. Like you said, going in the store, going to the gym, everywhere I went.
0: Isn't that interesting when you're talking about law of attraction? It's actually, you know, people visualize it. But uh, it's actually the feelings that people get that are pulling this in. You know, and uh, a welcome with joy. Joy is the gateway for love. That's why they're called dates joy and isn't it interesting that for you to attract better you had to change your feelings that you gave out yeah,
1: so not uh, every
0: feeling is the same
1: I, yeah. I that's why when I read your book I was so amazed I'm like he's talking about feelings that change mm-hmm. our brain and that we vibrate out to attract in who we are why?
0: exactly exactly this is you know and what we're finding out is what is the vibration what's the frequency what's the, the the channel that lasting love comes in on not you know you know there's over 6000 words for emotions in the English language surely not all of them are equal <laughs> you know and and when you do the research into attachment you realize the brain once to you know, love needs four core feelings, and those four feelings we attend to. When I work with couples, I just, I can, in the first session, just ask on a scale of one to ten, how are you feeling on these four core feelings, uh, and I'll have a pretty good roadmap of what's going on in the relationship. In fact, I you know, about a month ago, I had a a, a couple over for dinner, um, and we were just all talking mm-hmm. and. They asked me about the book and I mentioned Welcome with Joy. And they're a very happily married couple. And they looked at each other and said, You know, we do really well on worthy and cherished and empowered. And they both looked at me and says, Yeah, but we kind of suck at welcome, don't we? Mm. <laughs> and they looked at each other and said, We gotta fix this. And it never dawned on them. And and she goes, You know, I think this is where some of our arguments come from. Wow. And she, and he goes, I think you're right. And so we talked a little bit, and I didn't realize that was dessert. (laughs) Wow. Uh, And they walked away, and it was just intuitive. Oh, that's what I'm arguing about. When I come in and I go, good morning, handsome, and he says, I've got to do my social media. or He's still looking at his iPhone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's the key. That's the key.
1: And so for listeners, you know, who are either single or they're in a relationship, they themselves need to learn how to welcome with joy. They need to be these four feelings or states of being first, and then they will vibrate out and attract that to them. Is that what they're doing?
0: Oh, yeah. And okay. this generation, we have a real problem with welcome to joy. Okay. And and it's called our cell phones <laughs> and, our, and our phones.
1: Mine just rang. Okay. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well,
0: there was a You know, how many times have you been out and watched couples glued to their, oh their iPhone? <sighs> each other. Or you, you know, you, we, ha- uh, we have to be able to put these things down, the games, the computers, so that we can have eye-to-eye contact, we can be present. The world will not uh, go away and pass away if we don't hit a like on Facebook or we miss a text message. Uh, We know that for for, if you're coupled out there, here's something else. Underworthy and nourished is the fact that there's couples research that shows that when couples are together, when you've, you've bring them into a lab and you were, you know, like a bed and breakfast with little tiny uh, cameras and you're tracking everything they do. Secure couples, lasting couples respond to each other's bids for attention 86% of the time. And in a in an hour-long dinner, they can make two 200 bids for attention. So these are not, you know, there's a lot of bids that can happen between people. Now, the disasters respond 33%. Those are the ones that don't create lasting. And in about 6.8 years, they're going to be divorced. But lasting means we are attuned. We can respond. We turn toward their needs versus away or against. The cell phone is the is. It's like an automatic way of programming our brain to turn away. Mm-hmm. And we have to be able to realize that we can't let our digital self Replace our loving, attuned self. Uh,
1: You know, that is so, that is so, so powerful. Wow. You know, I I had a client who said, um, you know, my husband comes home from work. He said he's tired and he plays games for five hours. And I just said to her, not even as a coach, but as a woman, that ain't going to work <laughs> because he's emotionally unavailable and not even attached emotionally to you and the kids. So, yes. For five hours.
0: I, yeah. I could see a half hour to get his testosterone levels back up. But that's a, now that's an avoidant. Now, if I'm listening to that, then there's a, that's an avoidant patterning. And I want to know what's in the, what's going on for him that he can't turn on. What's going on between them that he's building this wall, you know, because uh, that's kind of walled off, you know, and you have, and now that couple, there's no welcome. There's no worthy there. That much is, 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 is established. And, and if you're out there and you want to know, am I in a good relationship? If you can answer, you know, I would say at least seven or eight for each of those relationships at you know, I mean, eight, um, you're doing good. If one of those feelings is missing under seven or eight, you know, you got a few things to work on. You want to do a workshop, whatever. Two, and you're thinking, you know, what's my best friend's therapist number, right? Mm-hmm. And if three or four of these missing, these feelings are missing around, that's called a toxic relationship. And you have an automatic idea, and now you know what you can fix. And there are skill sets. I talk about the skill sets uh, that a couples use, but if you work with couples you can give if they don't have a right to have their needs met they simply won't do the love maps and they won't do the th- reaching out you know so it's important that people track these feelings and i would say you know what i would you know one thing this couple should be doing is on sunday nights uh getting together and say honey on a scale of one to ten this week how well did that make you feel welcomed mm. worthy cherished Empire. Now, right after she picks herself up from the floor, <laughs>
1: you, know, you listen. So, is that right? my husband? <laughs> is that my wife? Yeah.
0: You know, and now, yeah, and, and anything less than the nine, you go, what could I have done to have made it better? Wow. That's a check in every week that keeps you on track.
1: You know, and, and 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 so do you have any other just solid principles that you could share with people around love? Sure. I think one of the parts of the book
0: that I'm most proud of, and it came to me about 3.30 in the morning, Constance, um, is at first I was writing about these rights that people, individuals have to have, two individuals have to have. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me that what I deal with in couples is my real um, – my real client isn't just both partners it's the we that's between them and i will often tell clients in the first session to my real client is right here between your heads it's the we because we show me a couple without a we and i'll show you a war i'll show you a conflict uh so it's really important to have a we and i talk about the rights of the we this we this energy that's 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 more than the couple. So it's not just being a couple. It's being a we that creates lasting. That we has a right to exist. and be, Do you welcome the we with joy? It has a right to have its needs met. It has a right to feel cherished. It, you have a, it has a right to create its own experience so that the two people are working in a coordinated way. We've got to – the big thing is – and if you're single – Start noticing signs of the we. How well is this person capable of creating a we with you? Mm. Do they share in? If there's, if you notice that you know, <clears throat> not just the four feelings, but the we, the four feelings and the we are what you're looking for. How do they make you feel? And if there's, and even if they, and I've seen people that make they pretty good with the feelings, but they don't really create a we. They just kind of do their own thing. That won't work either. So the other big thing that couples and singles need to look for is signs of the we. Where there's a we, there's a well couple.
1: Oh, that's good. I remember I went out with this guy. I'm telling all my business, Dr. Gary. I remember I went out with this guy and we were, you know, he's a nice guy. And then he said, you know, I'm just set and stuck in my ways. And when he said that, I couldn't hardly eat the rest of my deal, my meal. I'm like, well, if you sit and stuck in your ways, you're not open to a relationship. I just said that to myself. So that's an example. He said, I just like things a certain way. I'm used to being by myself. And I guess I'm just I'm just uh, uh, stuck in my ways. And he was. And uh, I'm like, well, no, honey. Uh, this would be our last dinner together. A good guy, but he, he didn't have that we mindset, which is what you're talking about.
0: Yes. And if you and I don't know anything about this guy, really, yeah. but I know that typically underneath that is someone that says it's it's safer to separate than to belong. And at some point in time, he his brain probably took the best deal. And it's just a lousy deal for anybody who wants to get in a relationship with them. Because what you're going to get is uh, someone who can't attune. In a secure relationship, there has to be flexibility. So
1: uh,
0: true. Uh, and because it's got to be a new thing. I mean, you see it when uh, I call it a single self, uh, uh, a, a bachelor self versus a couple self. And a, a bachelor self does not work for creating a a couple you have to come in and realize that like for instance have you ever met two people that maybe they're older and they both have houses and they and they want the other one to give up all of their privileged belongings you know and and live with the other under their rules uh this does not work uh the new couple must have the freedom uh and the commitment to allow there to be a new entity that's uh you know, it's like when oxygen and, and uh, hydrogen come together. They create water, and water doesn't act like either one of those two gases. This is what a we does. It's a completely new, and it's way better. It's a better fuel, but you've got to be able to to get out from beneath those walls. And at some point in time, being behind a wall was the best deal for him.
1: So probably, true. And, so yeah, true.
0: He's afraid. He's probably afraid of... Remember the last time I lost all my power in a relationship? Yeah, I'm he's not, probably running something like that.:
1: I'm not giving. So disem- <laughs> no, probably
0: no. Sorry. You know uh, There was a scene. there's a scene in an old Star Trek movie. It was Star Trek V. Uh, you can look it on YouTube, um, where Spock's brother, who is this Vulcan. Who's got feelings, by the way, and you believe his feelings are really. like, and he's on the planet of galactic peace, and it's all rock and desert. And there's this guy that's about ready to shoot him over a field of, of pathetic rocks, right? On this barren uh, planet. And, the, and Spock's brother says, I can't believe you'd shoot me for a worthless field of rocks. And the guy says, it's all I got. Mm. It's all I got. When people have missing rights, they will defend what little they have left for fear of losing that. And then it becomes repetitive pain. And it's realizing you don't have to defend the little field of rocks, but you deserve a beautiful, luscious green pasture and a meadow with all sorts of luscious fruit trees. This is what you – to stop defending the rock patch and to allow yourself to be free to really become way more and allow love to be more than you ever imagined. Because whatever you're rejecting isn't love. You're rejecting old, missing rights. Wow, well,
1: profound. That's what this time. You know, I love your book, Uh, you know, the work Uh, when I read it, I'm like this. This this is a couple of years of work, really cumulative (laughs) that really will help people. So share with people about your book, your website, your seminars. How can we listen to you? Do you have any special gifts uh, for for listeners all over the world, et cetera? Okay, so the book is on Amazon,
0: and I'm working on putting it on a list that could get into bookstores. But right now, Safe to Love Again uh, is on Amazon. It's the only book with Safe to Love Again, by the way. Um, If you go to my website, GarySalyer.com, S-A-L-Y-E-R, you get a link to the book there, too. But there's also something really cool. I have something called Love Notes, and Love Notes are a series of emails that come to your – uh, inbox twice a week. And what's cool is it's a link to these two to four minute videos that are very, very practical. Some of them preview the book, they go over practical things. There's also some clips in there from other love coaches like John Gray, Ariel Ford, Paul Craig Brunson, uh who used to be on the Oprah channel. uh And they're both for singles and couples, pretty evenly matched. One couple that was 50, both of them twice divorced. Engaged and about ready to break up, stumbled across it. And by listening to the love notes, it saved their engagement. They they reached out on Facebook and told me and then they got married in Paris. So very practical. You sign up and then my newsletters are are usually stocked full of really cool insights. And if you actually needed I, – I, right now I'm thinking about doing workshops again. I, I took off to, in order to write the book because it took about three years just to write the book, let can, alone the decade. Of, yeah. You can get a love map session. There, there's sessions with me, and you can reach out there. But there's this really, there's all sorts of cool videos there too. So you got the love notes. You could reach out to me if you if you have questions or would like to find out how to work with me. And mostly, though, you know, the biggest thing I want everybody to know uh, when they come to the site, whether or they hear me speak, is that you deserve. A lasting yeah. love. Everybody deserves a love, though. And there's hope. Real hope is available, just not the hope based on all these missing patterns, uh, rights. It's hope based on, on a on a better way of doing law of attraction, which is to restore your rights to have what you really want.
1: I just want to thank you for. <laughs> I said it at the beginning, but just thank you for your for your research, for your knowledge, for just putting this book together. I know this is what people have been praying about, searching for, you know, they, they won't love. And, and uh, it it took me a while to get you on my show, but I told uh, the PR person, I said, I'll wait. I don't care if it takes me three (laughs) months, whenever he's available. And here you are. And I just want to say, thank you so much. You're a gift from God to the world.
0: Thank you, Constance. And I know that when they re, there was a big rush at first, and I had to call her up and say, you know, you know, hey, <laughs> I've got clients that need me too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so thank you for 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 making me feel cherished that you would wait.
1: Oh, yeah. Thank you. I said, this guy, I'll wait because she sent me a PDF. I'm like, oh, yeah, he got to be on my show. So, guys, I'm going to really strongly encourage you to visit his website. You know, I've read all kind of books on love. I've written a book. But, wow, he goes deep and uh, uh, it will really shift and change you from the inside out. Of course, visit my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com. And as I say every week, you may not know it or feel it, but you are supported and surrounded by the love of God. And this week, I just want you to think and say, something good is going to happen to me and through me this week. Make it a great week. Thank you
0: for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.